Hello? Oh, there you go. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Got a beer, put your feet up, relax. Try to... I'm chilling. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Um, yeah, we, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, actually. A lot of history. But um, let's let's start off just with a, a little bit of an introduction. Tell tell everyone who you are. Um, well, all right, uh, SB from uh, Network Crew. Um, not much more than that. <laughs> okay. Um, and wh- where did the SB come from? Well, I used to, um, back when I was in high school in the 80s, um, I went to school with this kid named Ven. And at the time, I was writing Reverb. And he was like, man, that's stupid. That's too long. You should write Verb. And then he was like, better yet, you should write Serb. So then I used to write Serb, S-E-R-B, like a Serbian. And then, um, you know, when I used to do little insides here and there on the uh, on subways, I used to just shorten it and write SB. And that's really how it started. But then, you know, I really wasn't doing a lot of graffiti when I was in New York before I moved to uh, Georgia and started getting on freights. But then when I started writing <coughs> hidden freights, I just really wanted something short that I could make long. So I know I could do SB1 um, or just SB like a throw up. Because being from New York, you know, throw-ups are mean a, a great deal of me. <clears throat> so it was really just, uh, I just wanted a name that I could write, that I could alternate, but still be the same name, you know? Yeah, cool. Um, so let's let's back up a little further. Um, how, did, how did you get into it originally? Into writing graffiti? Oh, man, yeah. just, um, <laughs> I... I really don't know what what really sparked it because you know I I grew up in New York in the '80s during the whole hip hop thing and I used to break dance and I used to pretend like I was a DJ for a little while. Um, but then I think in 1985 I somehow wandered down the stairs of the subway and when I first took the train and saw the graffiti, it's like the break dancing and the DJing was dead i knew this was this was it for me this was what i what i what, what i was into you know this was the this everything else ceased to exist and this just became my life you know <clears throat> um how did you sort of hook up with other writers how did you sort of get into the the whole scene how did you connect with people well i mean mainly it was school for me in the beginning um i went to school with two pretty famous uh, writers, two pretty pretty legendary writers in the whole subway graffiti uh, thing. Uh, one writer was Van and the other one was Ket. And they were probably the first re- exposure to real writers that I ever had, you know? Um, and then later on, I met Cavs and Nick, um, who, who are still good friends of mine, who, who really had an impact on me. Um, especially cabs, uh, for the freights, cause he turned me on the freights like back in 87. Um, and Nick was really a photographer and he's the one who really got me psyched out on benching and really taught me how to take pictures of trains when they're moving. Um, 
So, I mean, it was at first it was school, but then as I started as a writer, of course, back in the 80s in New York, um, you know, you couldn't just stay in your neighborhood. You had to, I was riding all over the city. Um, and through that, I met those guys. And I would, I would say those, those were the dudes that really did it for me. But I mean, meeting writers in New York in the mid and late eighties was just, it was just, you know, you see a guy, you know, he writes, he's, you know, got ink on his sneakers or you see him looking at the trains and then it's just like, yo, what you write, what you write. Then it becomes this ritual or this game, you know, what you write, oh, I write such and such, you know. But I was a toy back then, so I would be like, yo, I write SB, and people are like, get out, get out of here. <laughs> oh, cool, man. Um, so, let me see. So, was this, when you first got into it, it was all about subways, or, I mean, when when did the whole freight thing come about? Well, when I got into it, it was all about subways. Um, I never really did any subways because, like I said, I mean, I started in, I really started doodling in about 83, but didn't really look at graffiti consciously on the subway until about 85, 86. Um, and that's when I got camera and all of that stuff and, and really started meeting writers. Um, so for me, it was always, I mean, my first exposure to graffiti was really the trains and the subways. And, you know, I did a little bit of insides, not not even really nothing um, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and after 89, when all the trains were clean, I moved away from New York. <clears throat> I moved down to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And that was when my career as a writer really shifted from you know, first gear to overdrive because now I was, I was like, yeah, I'm about to make a mess on these trains. And, um, <laughs> that's pretty much what we did for the first few years. Um, the first decade, I'd say, you know, from 92 on, um, uh, up until probably a couple of years ago, I was really, it was always about the trains for me. It was always, I always felt that, you know, graffiti needed to move. It needed to you know, be mobile. Um, it's always, you're always going to have a larger audience on a train than you are on a fixed location. So <clears throat> I knew that early, even though I couldn't articulate it. I, I knew that was what it was about. Cool. So you were talking a little bit about um, how Cavs kind of got you into, uh, is it benching on freight? No, I mean, Hey, no, I mean, right? Cav, I mean, this was before benching on freights was right. not even a thought. There's nothing um, to bench. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, well, like, right, exactly. In, in 1988, why, why would you bench a freight? <laughs> um, we were benching subways, of course, but Cavs, we used to we used to have this thing that we did. We used to meet down in uh, on Canal Street every weekend, me, Nick, Cavs, Van, Wayne used to come down, like all these, like, legendary-ass writers, you know? We used to come down... Um, not including me, I wasn't, I was just like a fly on the wall, but, um, we used to come down and trade pictures. They, everybody would bring their negatives down or whatever they caught that week. And then <clears throat> Cavs one week brings down these negatives, these freight trains that him and Scent did, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck would you paint this shit? You know, <laughs> when you live right across the street from, you know, the yard, from the subway yard, um, and it really didn't make sense to me. Like, you know, I really wasn't, it, it, it didn't make sense. But then I hooked up with porn 
um, out in LA, how and you, he had started sending me freights. How did you hook up um, with Bone? I, I don't remember exactly. I think I was at Henry's. I used to, we, we used to all used to hang out at Henry's studio, um, and that which was right on Canal, right there in Soho. And um, Henry's I was Chalfant? at Henry's. Or... Yeah, Henry Chalfont. Yeah, and um, I think he had a copy of Ghetto Art. Maybe the very first issue of Ghetto Art was like in his desk under a pile of garbage, not garbage. Like he was throwing it away, but just, he had so much pictures and bullshit. And I pull out this, this ghetto art thing. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So then of course I take the address down I send the guy a letter. And I think that's how we hooked up. <clears throat> um, that's how I hooked up with porn. Um, and then he sent me some freights too, that him and risk and dream and these guys had done. And you got to imagine this is like 87. All right. Nobody's even, this is like, nobody's even thinking about this shit yet. Um, and then another guy named Pre in Philly, who I'm sure everybody's heard of, I'd also hooked up with him kind of the same way. Cause I, I was also working for, uh, IGT at the time, not really working, but I used to take pictures and go by and hang out at their studio also and whatever. And then I got their address, I got Pre's address from IGT. And then I, of course I wrote him a letter. Um, and then he sent me freights also. So I'm like, what is this with these freight trains, you know? <laughs> so then the following year, it's like 88 now, um, you know, I think Cavs calls me up like one Christmas Eve or some shit. And um, he's like, yeah, we're going to go to the scrapyards. The scrapyards is a place where they used to park old subway trains and we used to go there and paint in the daytime. Um, so he's like, yeah, tomorrow we're going to go paint. Uh, let's go to the scrapyard. So I'm like, OK, bet Christmas Day comes. It's like 10 degrees below zero. I'm like, fuck painting, period. So he's like, oh, calling me a chump and all this shit. So, of course, you know, I got to go now. So we go out there and there's no subways, but there's these freight trains. So I'm like, I'm not paying those. Of course, cabs, I'm looking up to this guy. So, you know, we wind up painting the freights. And that was when I did my first freight. And then from then, it was just, um, it was just, I was hooked. But it really wasn't, I guess, not so much hooked because that didn't come until later when I knew that people were seeing them. Because when we were doing them in 80, 88, 89, um, you know, we were just doing it as a novelty just for shits and giggles. We didn't think anybody would ever, ever see it. I mean, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Um, but it was definitely Cavs who kind of twisted my arm to do the first one. Uh, without question, and I always give him credit as being the person who turned me on to it. It's cool. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, do you still keep in touch with all these guys? I mean, Porn and Pre. We actually, I interviewed Pre for the. Um, well, it's on the website, but it was yeah. years and years ago. I think it was '97 when I when I talked to. Oh him. yeah, I mean, I still. I mean, I'm not. You know, I don't. We don't talk every day. Um, but I mean, I'm definitely still in touch with these guys. I mean, you know, these guys were major, major influences on my career, my little piece of career as a writer. So I definitely, um, used to come and visit, come to Atlanta, um, a lot. And he used to come and visit and paint and hang out with us. And he still does. He was here recently, maybe a month or two ago. Um, I talked to Crispo not too long ago. Cat, I talk to um, every now and then. Van, I talk to on the computer. Um, Nick, I mean, you know, with Facebook and MySpace and email <laughs> and all of that shit. 
I mean, it's really no excuse to not be in touch with people. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still definitely cool with all those guys, and I'm I'm just grateful that I was able to be in the presence of those guys um, because they they really had an impact on me and and kind of gave me the blueprint for what graffiti is supposed to be. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely still in touch with with all of those guys. So do you? Um, when was the first time you sort of found out that people were seeing them? Or when did you notice the Seeing people, the freights? Yeah, the people actually yeah, well, had seen um, something you had painted, I guess. Seeing something I painted? Jesus, I can't remember the first time that I got word that somebody saw something of mine. Because, you know, people meet you and they say, oh, yeah, you know, I've seen you. I've seen your, your piece, you know, and it's like, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when it's, you get a package in the mail from, Jesus, anywhere other than where you are. And it's a picture of your piece that they caught. Um, I mean, that was, I mean, that that probably wasn't until about 93 or 94. Um, I think I was hooked up with that kid, Dessa, who -hmm. lives in New York. Um, And there was a kid in Canada, Ren, as a matter of fact, who was like the, uh, a G on the freights um, was doing them way back. And I think I got a package from him and he might've sent me one of my throw ups that I did. And it was just, I mean, it, it was like, it's like crack, you know, you, they say, you know, you smoke crack once and that's all it takes. So me getting that picture back from him. And I think that somebody sent me one of my throw ups that he caught in New York. And it was, it was over after that. I'm gonna go every Sunday now. <laughs> <laughs> cool so um wow after so you moved to, to to georgia and um what happened from there um i mean it's pretty much everybody's the same story with everyone i guess i mean i moved here i really started painting freights I'm, i hooked up with a guy who we were in the same we were going to school at the same time at atlanta university and um, he wrote Hens. He was from New York also. And I just kind of bumped into him in the library. He had tags on his book bag. So, you know, of course, I did the old ritual, which you write, blah, blah, blah. And then we, we decided to hook up. But, I mean, again, I mean, you got to imagine at the time. I mean, this is 92. And there's nobody painting any trains. Um, there's guys in New York, of course. There's guys in the Bay. There's guys in L.A. and Chicago um, and New York. And maybe some guys in Canada. Um, But really, outside of that, there's not really no one else. So when we started in 92, I mean, it was like open season. It was everything that I imagined the subways being like in the 70s. You know, when these old guys, you hear these old, old first generation writers talk. Oh, you used to go to the yard and there was not even a fence. You know, it was like that. Um, When we started doing freights, I mean, there was no other writers. It was it was it was great. I mean, we used to go in the daytime. Um, and it, it wasn't like we go in the daytime and it's a risk. It was like we go in the daytime because we got other shit to do at night. <laughs> um, so, I mean, after, I guess, 92, 93, 95 is when it really started to, you really started seeing a lot of stuff. Before, between 92 and 95, I mean, I really wasn't seeing a lot. Like, we would bench for, I would bench. Nobody else was willing to hang out there for hours with me. 
um, my boy Chase, who who founded Network with us, um, he would hang out with me for a lot um, in, in Bench. But, you know, I would see a lot of stuff from like D.C. because they were kind of close. Um, see a lot of AWR and MSK stuff. That's for sure. We'd see a lot of tags and so forth from Chicago, from the Midwest, period. But it wasn't until 95 um, where, you know, you could go out and bench and take a whole roll of film like in a week. And it it, it was that point where you started seeing a lot more pieces running on the trains. Because before that, we'd go to the labs and there'd be nothing there but our stuff. Um, Which was which is really crazy. And then just between 95 and 2000, of course, I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, it was just it just snowballed. Um, it was it was crazy. You got guys competing who could do eighteen thousand pieces in six months, and this, that, and the third. And then you saw it all in the trains, because the trains were crushed. And now, I mean, I don't even bench, but if I just drive by some tracks and see a train, it looks just like it did when I used to look at the BMTs when I was growing up in Brooklyn. I mean, the trains are smashed now, but I definitely remember a time when it was not like that. So who was up? Who was up in '92? I mean, you mentioned Pre or Crispo, and you know. Well, Paul I was seeing. And... I, used to, I used to see Pre. Um, I caught a couple of his pieces. These guys from DC were, I think, the place. One of the spots that I used to have, which was like right in the middle of the city, um, I think had a direct line from where we were up into DC and then up to Canada because I was always catching stuff from Canada and from DC um, on those trains. So I mean. That's how I met Evade and Cha um, and Sire, rest in peace, and Ecto, because I would see them up so much on the trains. Um, and then I can't forget solo artists. I mean, that was that was a whole nother story because I thought that dude lived. I thought that dude lived in Atlanta. He was up so much. Um, I thought for sure he was like just right up the tracks from us. <clears throat> um, but you know, those were guys that I was seeing up. Um, AWR, I mean, I said MSK earlier, but I mean, you know, MSK, AWR, they had they had a really strong presence, um, especially on Holy Rollers, because I was seeing them. I mean, this is as early as 92, 93, 94. I mean, I would see, you know, I would see little mosquito bites and tags from, you know, all over the place. But, you know, I would see these guys would have these full on color burners rolling through like end to end Holy Rollers. And you just be like, damn. Um, you know, of course, later finding out that they're, they were from the West coast, but you know, the West coast really had in those days, and I, and I'm not trying to be biased, obviously, um, cause I'm not from the West coast, but they really had the force, uh, back then. And they were the ones I would say it was between the West coast and probably New York because I was seeing a lot of reefers. So I was seeing a lot of BFK stuff. Um, these guys, Pabs and Gent were up a lot back then. I mean, a lot. Um, and that was who I was seeing the most stuff from consistently, uh, was, was probably BFK, Cavs, Vism, Sign 5. Um, I was seeing a lot of pre, um, there was another guy who was actually from New York, I think. Um, and he wrote Hush and he was definitely a monster on, on the freight. So, I mean, I'm talking about 92. So, you know, to be up in 92, you had to be doing a whole lot of shit. <laughs> um, Hush was was definitely there. Um, like I said, Sire and Ecto, um, and even High, 
um, Evade, AREC, uh, from, from Baltimore, um, guys in that area. Um, there was a guy, Shark, who I think was from New Jersey. I was seeing a few of his pieces. Um, there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people. A lot of people that that didn't that that don't really get mentioned because this was before the internet. This was before books, um, and this was just you know what I was actually seeing, running. Um, not you know, hey, send me pictures. This was actually because I was intervention. I had been intervention from the subway, so I always knew that was most important to, to know who's really. That was the barometer you know, was actually being out there and looking at the trains and not just sending pictures around. But you were also sending pictures around, right? <laughs> yeah, I was. A- I mean, I, I was I was, I was, definitely sending pictures around. I was definitely trading pictures, and I had got into that, you know, before I moved out here and before I got into freight. Um, I was definitely sending pictures around. Um, and you got to start doing that with IGT or with... Well, I mean, I started, or- I think the first... It was probably porn and then pre probably around the same time 87 and but you know then it wasn't the same as it what it grew into be because what it became was you know people would do you know a handful of trains and then they would send them to you know who's got a magazine let me send this guy a bunch of my pictures um hoping that i get in the magazine which will in turn make me more famous um you know that kind of came later because before that you know, back like even when I was trading with you, I mean, I don't remember sending you a bunch of my pieces because I never really thought that I, my pieces were anything to send anybody. But, um, you know, I would just trade pictures. I would trade pictures right. of what I caught. Um, and then I had, you know, I had this huge collection of subway pictures, which it was attractive to everyone. So I would send those around, um, you know, and it was just to trade pictures. It was It was nothing more than that. And then when the magazine thing kind of blew up, that's when the whole stamp liquor uh, concept came into into play. Um, but I was still always more satisfied with not being in any magazine and somebody actually seeing one of my pieces or one of my throw-ups or not seeing me at all um, because I never wanted to be known as the magazine guy. Um, that was never, never my intention. So tell us about the whole magazine thing. You said you mentioned you were involved with IGT, and I mean, what what did you think about magazines? How do you remember it sort of exploding and becoming what it is today? Well, IGT was the first mag, um, the first graffiti mag, but it really wasn't a graffiti mag. It was, you know, um, they had the whole political thing going on, and at the time, I really didn't, I really didn't understand any of that political, political stuff. Um, but I was just into the grass. So, you know, I met uh, Dave, who used to run IGT. Um, and I used to go and hang out over there and look at pictures and get all of the magazines and so forth. And I thought it was good because it was real small. It was underground. Um, and it, it really wasn't much of a following for writing outside of New York. I mean, you had your California guys and you had your, um, you know, your Midwest. And then Europe was really just starting to put themselves on the map at the time. Um, and for that time, it was great. And even up into the time when ghetto art came out and became can control. Um, and then you had a bunch of other magazines, little fanzines that came out of which I had one, which was called steel wheels. Um, and it was good. It, it was good because it was really small and it was really, you know, a close knit group of people. Um, but then it just morphed into, 
you know, something that was good. I mean, it was just, it, it was a way for writers to communicate, which was good, but I think it just got out of hand, like I said, because it just became like the whole spotlight thing and, you know, anybody could be famous. Right. Um, you know, you could sit in your yard and do some pieces in your backyard. It, it kind of took away the whole element of actually seeing the real graffiti, which is always, always better than what you're going to get secondhand. Um, when you drive down the highway and you see somebody's piece, a billboard, it's like, damn, it's not the same as seeing that in a magazine. Right. So, I mean, magazines are cool. I don't have anything against them at all. Um, I, I think it just, I think a lot of the, the, the reality of the, of the culture was removed by it. Um, but you know, everything's got to evolve, I guess. Right. Right. Um, tell me about photo Kings. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, <laughs> photo Kings was actually probably started by Nick. Um, it was just a, it was really just a club. We, it was just loosely organized. It wasn't anything like we were a crew and we're better than you. It was just a group of guys who were into collecting pictures. Um, and that's all we did was bench and, and take pictures and trade and so forth. And like I said, it wasn't it wasn't anything competitive in the least bit. Um, but it was really my introduction to the whole idea of documenting, collecting. Because we used to hang out at Henry's and Henry used to always say, we'd say, oh, Henry, you're going to make another book. And he used to always say, well, you know, the most important thing about documenting graffiti is that the next books or the next generation of books or whatever should come from writers. Um, because, you know, Henry always acknowledged that he wasn't a writer. He was an outsider. Um, and that, you know, his book was only a catalyst and, and writers really are the ones who should be writing these books and making these books, which now of course that's come to pass. Um, so, I mean, even from the, from the beginning, I, I always thought that documenting it was, you know, at first it was just kind of like a hobby, but then after I really saw that the trains were going to be clean, I said, oh shit, I better take as many pictures as I can. And which is what I did. Um, and then when the freights jumped off, I kind of had the same notion, you know, like, okay, well, I'm going to take pictures. Maybe nobody cares, but someday somebody will care. Um, hopefully. Somebody will want to see this, you know, this bus AWR piece that I caught, you know, 20 years ago. Um, so, I mean, it, it's always important to document, especially for something like graffiti, which is always at risk of being cleaned or buffed or whatever. Um, and it's it's equally important, if not more, for the actual writers to do it, because only will tell the accurate story. You know, some journalist or some other shit like that. They're only going to they are oh, it's gang related. You know, it's always <laughs> the same shit. And that's why it's important that for us to tell the story. Um, and that seed was really planted by Henry because he used to always say that shit to all of us. So Photo Kings was, who uh, who was involved in that? It was me, um, Nick, Ket, uh, Cavs, um, Porn, and my boy Cole from New Jersey. Um, and again, it's not to say that we were kings of photos and we had the most pictures and the best pictures, <laughs> because that would be kind of lame, you know? <laughs> I mean, how the fuck are you king of pictures, all right? <laughs> But that was just the name that we gave ourselves, and again, it was never, uh, it was never a, a an attitude thing. Um, that was more for the graffiti, but 
we were it was just a club we were just collecting pictures um and that and that's really all that we were doing we were into documenting um the art so to speak for lack of a better term the art so were all those guys into documenting freight trains or i mean no um i mean porn was right because that's what he was doing but i mean you know guys like cat and nick i mean they live in new york or a Cavs was, I guess. So I, yeah, I can say that. Um, but you know, for most of those guys who who were who stayed in New York, who lived in New York, I mean, I'm sure they travel, but they lived in New York. There's really no freights in New York, um, so they really never got into the whole freight thing. New York was kind of reluctant to get into the freight thing because there are no freights in New York. Um, Smith and and you know his his um, clan and in uh, BFK, they were in the freights because they had them in their backyard. But New York writers were more concerned getting up in New York, I think they were, than they were with freights. Not until later, um, where you see a lot of New York writers get into freights. So no, those guys were not in the freights. Um, but definitely into subways. I mean, that was our ritual for quite some time. So did Photo Kings kind of expand? No, I mean... Not really. I mean, there's talk now. Oh, I can't forget. I'm, I can't believe I forgot John the Greek. He was another member of Photo Kings, and he was out there benching with us hard. Um, but it really never expanded into anything because we kind of all broke up. And when the subways got cleaned in 89, and we all kind of went our separate ways, um, it really ne- never manifested in anything. But there's, you know, talk of a Photo Kings book, which I think would be a great idea. Um but I think Co is, is really the, the spearhead behind that. Um, so, no, to answer your question, it, it really never went beyond our hanging out and documenting. And now we just all have these immense collections of pictures <laughs> um, that we need to find something to do with. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so talking, I guess, about crews or clubs or whatever, um, tell us about Network. What's the story of Network? Network was, again, us in the very beginning, um, 92, 93. uh, We were just really saw, you know, I really didn't have the vision. I mean, it's it's, it's so funny because I was never the one. I always had to be convinced. Um, And, you know, Cavs used to always say, oh, yeah, one day, I mean, this is like 86, 87. He used to tell me oh, your freights are going to be bombed, and one day everybody in the country is going to be doing freights, and, you know, there's going to be pieces, and it's going to look like the subways, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's my beer, all right? <laughs> um, you know, and Van used to say the same thing. We'd go to the scrapyards, and there'd be freights in there, and he would be riding on the freights, and, and, you know, he'd be like, yeah, one day these shits are going to be destroyed, and da-da-da-da-da, and I'm just like, okay. Um and so once I started, once I moved out of New York and got around a lot of freights and saw actual freights moving, because you never see that in New York. But when I got here and I saw the freights running, actually pieces running, you know, it became clear to me that this was the next big thing. Um, and I better get on board now since I kind of missed the whole subway thing. Um, and then, you know, after we did them for a few months, we were like, yo, we need to start a crew. Um, but we didn't want to just be, a, you know, another three letter crew. And then I kind of came up with the name network, but had no idea that, you know, to put an acronym to it. And then Hens, who is, 
you know, the other guy that started the crew with me and is a guy who wrote Brain, B-R-A-Y-N-E. Um, who's, it was me, Brain, Hens, and Chase. And it was the four of us who started Network. Um, and those guys kind of put the acronym together. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I knew Pre, I had known Pre from the 80s when I lived in New York. Um, and I knew he was doing freights. And I, you know, I kind of told him, yeah, you know, you head up a chapter. And then um, Cha and Evade in D.C., you know, I asked them to, to head up a chapter, which they did. Um, and then I met Baser um, in down in, in Florida in the, I guess, 94, I met him. Um, and he, he headed up a chapter. And then it just kind of grew throughout the 90s. It just really, really took off. But I mean, it was really um, never, you know, to say, oh, you know, it was because it, freights was so much different. Uh, than subways, it was so vast and so spread out um, that it really, I, I really never thought it would turn into people saying, oh yeah, where's that name? And then somewhere along the line, I got the idea to put the N in the circle because I used to study a whole bunch of numerology and symbolism and masonry and all of that stuff when I was in college. Um, and I said, yeah, should, we should make it a symbol. And then somewhere along the line, that came up. Um, and then that just became our, our legacy um, because everybody kept saying, even civilians, people that don't even write, would be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Well, what is that? And, you know, it was kind of crazy. Um, so, I mean, that's that that's really how it, it, it started. It was just, we, we just wanted to use a word that kind of described what freights would be. And that's how network, the word network, because it was a network um, of writers connected by tracks, <laughs> all over the country. Wow. So what what was the acronym? If you don't mind telling. <laughs> oh, I mean there have been several. Um the Yeah, I probably shouldn't say all of them. <laughs> Cuz then base will come over here and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Um but the but but the one that's kind of like a generic one that we just came up with like maybe a year or two ago is naming every train with our Rusto cans. <laughs> but I think I think I better keep the original one on ice okay. um, because I, I might get I might get some um, there might be a civil war. <laughs> cool. I don't know. Do you want to talk about steel wheels? Well, yeah. I mean, um, I'm actually working on a book now. Just like we were talking about, I've been documenting graffiti for way too many years to even remember. Um, you know, I probably took my first pictures in 86. And, um, you know, so I kind of been working on this since then, unconsciously, I guess. About maybe five or six years ago, I got the idea to make a book. Because um, I made the magazine, and then everybody I would show the magazine to would be like, oh, man, you got some great pictures. You really should be making a book, not this little cut-and-paste magazine. Um, so I kind of started writing to put the book together. Um, and so... I mean, now I'm at the point where I'm just really, really working on it diligently more than I have in the past. So, I mean, look for it in probably January of, of 2010. Um, and, it, and it's really just a, a, a diary. I don't want to say diary because that sounds girlish, but <laughs> it's really just a, a record of the graffiti that I actually saw um, as, a, as someone who has been documenting for all of these years. Um, whenever I tell somebody I'm doing a book, they go, oh, let me send you some pictures. And it's like, well, it's not really that kind of book. Um, it's really just 
the the goal is to shine the writers who haven't got shine, the writers who put in work but never receive work, both on the subways and on the freights. Um, and since I've been there and I, I've seen both, I've seen the end of one and the beginning of another. I just always thought I was in a good position to to put something out as far as a book because I saw the torch get passed from one to the other. Um, and I witnessed it and I had my camera with me the whole time. Um, so like I said, yeah, I mean, that, that's the, that's the generality of it. It's a book about benching, um, and, and the graffiti that was actually running, not, Oh, well, I like this guy. I think his pieces are dope. So I'm going to put him in my book or this guy's my homeboy. So I'm going to put him in my book. It's more like, okay, this guy's an asshole, but you know, I saw his pieces, you know, when I was out there taking pictures, so I have to include him. It's it's more like that, um, and and that's that's the aim. And in addition, there's some there's some good text in there about the subways. A lot of things people probably don't know about the subways, like how they were made up, and you know what the difference between the BMT and the IRT and the IND is. People probably hear that all the time, and like, what the fuck is a BMT? But after you read Steel Wheels, you'll know. Uh, you'll be crystal clear. Um, and then the same thing with the freights. It's just, you know, me being out there from the early days when freights didn't have anything um, to how it evolved into now being just demolished, but all from the perspective of a, of a witness, um, not, you know, hey, send me some pictures so I can put you in my book. Because, I mean, when I tell you that I have a pretty immense collection of photos from the subways and from the freights, um, I'm not bullshit. And I never brag about my graffiti because I'm not the greatest, but the pictures, <laughs> I, I have put many heads to bed over here with these pictures and there's people just like, Oh my God, I can't believe you got this and that. And so much of it. And da, 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 you know, so it will definitely be, um, it's going to be a, a huge, a huge book, um, in the field of graffiti history. You know, everybody's like, Oh, well, there's enough books out about subway graffiti. Or there's, you know, the freight train graffiti book. That was enough about freights. Um, what do you think about that, by the way? No, the freight train graffiti book was outstanding, I thought. Um, I thought <laughs> did an excellent job. Cool. Did I just call I didn't mean to call him. It's all right. Let me call him <laughs> what his name is, Roger Gassman. I think he did an excellent job. <laughs> Um, I think it's very comprehensive. I think it's, it, it's, it includes just about everything, um, as far as from a historical standpoint, but just like subway art, I mean, being the, the first book about freight train graffiti, just like subway art was the first book about subway graffiti, not the first, but the first color book that was popular. Um, you know, even something as comprehensive as the freight train graffiti book, of course, there's always going to be somebody who's left out. Somebody who was there who's left out. So, I mean, and that's no diss to what they did because I still think the book was outstanding. I have a copy right here. Um, but, you know, there, there's still somebody, there's always going to be someone missing. And in this culture, there's always going to be somebody who's going to be left out. And that's why it's important for us to always, it's important for us to document, um, especially for the trains because the trains don't last. Um, the trains get painted over and buffed and whatever. Um, so I thought it was great. I thought it was a great book. I, I still think it was a great book. Nice. 
So is that the name of it? Is it Steel Wheels? It's Steel Wheels, Steel Wheels 1986 to 1997. So it just covers those years. Um, it's just, that again, the beginning of one, in with the old, out, out with the old, in with the new. I'm kind of, it's late and I'm kind of drinking on this beer. So, but <laughs> that's the skinny of it. Um, it. It covers just that 11 year span from when the subways died to when the freights really picked up. Nice. So, um, yeah, going back to what happened in 95, you mentioned that 95 was when things started to take off on the freights. Who... I don't know what happened. I think that people started seeing, or it, it, the, I think the network of writers really began to gel at that point, and people started to make contact with each other. Um, because without that, without you doing a piece on a freight and then somebody seeing it and, and that getting back to you. I mean, you really don't have anything. Um, it, it really took that, that I guess, web of connection to, to really make this thing work. Um, and that's, that's the part of it that people don't understand. This is why this shit blew up is because, you know, yeah, I did tons of pieces in the nineties, but nobody was seeing them. Um, and I'm sure everybody else was too. But then once, you know, this, okay, I hooked up with Shore and wherever he was. And then I hooked up with some guys in Chicago and then some guys in DC and then some guys in Alabama and then some guys in Ogden, Utah and, <laughs> and, in you know, San Diego, my boy jail. Um, and it just, it kind of connected all the dots. And then it, we really started to see that, Hey, these trains are getting around and people are seeing the pieces on them. And that just fed the flame. Um, and that, that just, that, that's really, and then in 95, I think is really when you started to see it. And if you didn't see it that deep and abstract, you definitely saw it when you went out to look at the trains, because like I'm saying, the trains really, I really started seeing a lot more pieces, 95, 96, 97. I mean, it was, it was over with, um, I mean, now it's just completely destroyed, but Back then, you could really see the so you could see the evolution from ninety two to ninety five, from ninety five to ninety seven, from ninety seven to two thousand, from two thousand and beyond. Um, you know, it just snowballed. But I think what really sparked it was the fact that people were starting to connect with one another. You know, and that was the big thing back then was to know one person in every region of the country, um, so that if your pieces get spotted and it gets back to you, it's like, oh shit. I got a whole album full of pictures of my pieces that are just pieces that people caught or throw ups that people caught of mine. Um, and, and that's really what fed the flame. Jeez, man. So <laughs> a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm telling you when it comes to this graph shit, I just get diarrhea to the mouth. No, no, no. This is, this is <laughs> perfect. Um, so from 95, what was kind of the next big, I guess, turning point? Um, the internet? I don't know. Well, yeah, the internet. I mean, it depends on which way you're turning. Um, <laughs> the internet, yeah, because you know what's funny is Susan Farrell, who started Art Crimes and really was the first graffiti website, um, you know, I she, she's from Georgia, or at least she went to school here. She, she used to go to Georgia Tech. And I think in 94, 
she was living in this apartment and she uh, she hooked up with me and Chase and she was like, oh, you guys got to come over. And I was telling her about my pictures and all of this, that, and the third. And then, you know, I go over her house uh, to her apartment and she had these pictures. She had this internet, this thing called the internet, which to me at the time was like, you know, what the fuck is that? All right. Um, she had this website and, you know, I was telling about the pictures. And then when I saw all she had was like, she had a lot of legal walls that she had taken pictures of around the city and she had a lot of Europe stuff, but not like any real fresh Europe stuff. She had a lot of like flowers and these crazy, like, <laughs> you know, photorealism type. And she's like, isn't that beautiful? I mean, and, you know, and she wasn't a writer. So, you know, I mean, in retrospect, I mean, I'm not really dissing her. Um, because I see where she was going with it, but I just remember going over her house and like, you know, this chick is crazy. And then not only that, she lived <laughs> right across the street from it, a freight line. And I'm like, why are you busy taking pictures of these walls? You need to be like setting up a camera pointed at them trains. Um, you know, and me and Chase is, and, and I kind of just dismissed it. Um, you know, and of course the rest is history. You know what came after that. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, obviously. For me, it's great because I can sit here and I don't have to go get dirty anymore. Um, <laughs> but it just, you know, it allows the ego and the whole shit-talking and the whole e-beef thing just mushrooms. Um, and that's... I'm not going to say it sucks. I just think it's funny. Um, you know, now that I don't write anymore and I'm retired, it's like I could care less, but... Um, you know, you read this stuff and it got like, Oh, I'm going to kick your ass and da, 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 da. And it's like, you know, really, <laughs> this, is, this is a post on a message board, man. I mean, whose ass are you kicking? Um, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it, it's, it's a double edged sword. It's good because it, it's a, it's document, it documents and it, it lets somebody like me who is planted in one place. I can see what the fuck is going on in Prague or, in you know los angeles or whatever um and that's good and that's good and you get to engage and talk shit and you know express ideas and people put up a lot of pictures so i get to steal a lot of pictures um (laughs) so i mean it's good for that um so i mean overall it's good i mean i'm not gonna sit here and say oh it sucks and fuck the internet when i'm like on this shit all the time looking at graffiti (laughs) that that would be silly so, I mean, for what it's worth, it's good. Um, I think it's it's good because it closes the gap to some degree. It just, you know, sometimes these suckers are just, you know, you read this stuff and it's almost comical how hard these guys are on the internet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So what what about um, what about the sketches? What did you mention, solo artist earlier? Oh man, um, I'm really not the sketch guy. Um, I have a couple of friends who are one of them being a good friend of mine, Faves, who I'm sure everybody's heard of, um, is probably the, the real pro on the sketches. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's just like evolution. It's just like anything else. Um, sketches were, and I like sketches. I mean, they've been around and that was actually, quiet as kept. I mean, that's the first graffiti before Philly, um, before New York. I mean, you have hobos who are riding on trains in the, in the, you know, before the great depression. Um, so that, that's really the first train graffiti. 
So you have to give it respect in that respect. Um, but I mean, I never really got heavily into it. Um, I always liked the solo artists. Um, and there's a couple of guys that I always liked because I saw them up so much that even though it's small and it's done with a chalk, a piece of chalk or a wax pen or whatever you want to call it, I think the frequency or the, how much these guys are up is almost disgusting. Um, when you sit in your bench and, you know, you see a train that's got, you know, 130 cars and these guys are up on 125 of them. It's like, damn. And it's like all different years. Um, you know, for that alone, I mean, you have to you have to give it respect. And they were there before us. Um, so, I mean, I like it. I mean, I dig it. I respect it. I just don't know a whole lot about it. Um, about the history, I never, I never followed it. I know a, a couple of the guys who are into it, um, and you know, we always have these arguments. Oh, don't paint over sketches, and da, 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 da. I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, I won't. I promise. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, don't paint over the numbers. It's like, yeah, okay, what numbers? <laughs> well, cool, man. But no, I mean, I, I like sketches. I, I, I think it's dope. Um, I've done, I've done a few, but when you do some you realize how much you have to do to really get up it's like forget about this give me give me a fucking rusto black and white and let me do some throw-ups <laughs> cool what's what's the state of network now oh network is always around <laughs> network will always be around um i mean it's just it's it's never ending um that's why it's a circle around the end because it never, it never ends. Um, definitely still around. I'm retired. Um, but you know, there's guys out there still lurking. Um, and definitely still got shit in the smash, uh, pretty hard. Again, I won't, I won't divulge any names because you know, these guys are active. (laughs) So, um, but definitely, uh, we're still around. It's just, it's just now the competition is a lot heavier. Um, you know, you got guys, like I said, I mean, you you look at trains, you know. So it's just a, a lot more competition. But I just take pride in the fact that, you know, we were one of the first. Um, you know, us and BFK are, are the same time time period being, being started. So, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, guys like Crispo and High and, um, my boy Jero out out west, um, you know, and all and all the and all the guys, all all in the whole crew, um, you know, we wouldn't have the we wouldn't have the legacy that we have. It's it's really them who who deserves the glory because they really the ones who put in all the work. Um, but yeah, we're definitely still around. Um, I'm just old and fat and lazy and don't paint shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's um, I mean, it, you know, what's funny is I look on the internet and, I, and all I do is look for old shit. Yeah. I'm like totally a, a, a history type of motherfucker, you know, because I'm, I'm I, I do look at new shit from time to time um, just to see what's new. But I'm just so stuck in what was. Um, and that may not be always a good thing, because um, as far as the graffiti and the shit that I like, I'm, I'm really a traditionalist. Um, I definitely like letters, characters. Um, and that's really it, uh, real graffiti funk style. And I see, I don't see a lot of that, um, as much as I would like to see, of course, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, this is, uh, has been talking, so whatever. Um, 
but there, they, I mean, there's a couple of guys. There's um, there was a guy Reup, yeah. whose pieces I used to see, pretty fucking sick. I, I really liked his shit a lot. Um, and I know that as soon as I finish this, I'm gonna think of a whole bunch of people to mention. Um, and even when I bench, I see that guy up. So not only do I see him on the internet, I actually see him live. So that that's more important than seeing him on the internet. Um, there's Oh man, there's there, there's quite a few people that I like. I'm not gonna say that oh everybody sucks and all these new kids suck and you know that's that's silly. Um, there, there's a lot of graffiti, but again, I mean like I always argue with with Baser because he's such a hard ass. Um, you know, I'm I'm just glad that there is graffiti on trains. You know, we can kick sit around and critique everybody's work, of course, but the fact that trains are smashed is enough for me even if it's bullshit, even if it's garbage. Um, I do like the fact that a train goes by and it's like 30 pieces, you know, and I'm trying to whiz by and read every one while I'm at the railroad crossing, you know. Um, As far as who inspires me now, since I'm into this book thing, I'm just really into looking at who's who's got the sickest photo collection at this point Um, because I've seen some pretty... I've seen pretty much some ill shit in my career and, and I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it's kind of hard to impress at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you've seen a fucking Dondi whole car go by uh, or a, a damn web piece or a Reese um, or even on the freights, when you've seen porn and Crispo and these guys, it's like, you know, what, what else is, what, what's going to come after that? That's going to be dope. You know, right. um, it's it's hard for me because I I'm I've just seen too much. You're jaded. Uh, yeah, I'm, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's it's for something to stand out. It's really got to be you know, it's really got to be pretty fucking spectacular. Like a lot of guys are doing whole cars now, which I think is pretty insane. Like, I get bored doing a little panel piece, so I can't imagine sitting somewhere for eight hours painting the whole side of a freight. Um, but I mean, I think that shit's awesome when you see one of them shits go by on a holy roller and that shit is top to bottom end to end, it's just like, Jesus, larger than life. But again, it's just full circle. It reminds me of when I was sitting on the subways watching a fucking lace whole car go by or a van whole car go by. So it's good in that respect. Where, where do you think it's headed? What's the... I mean, I think it's... I mean, they're, they're never going to run out of freights to paint. So unless... You know, I just saw Terminator Salvation tonight. So unless the machines take <laughs> over and the world is destroyed in some apocalyptic nothingness, then this shit will never end. Um, it will never end because there's there's always going to be more freights than writers. There's always going to be more freights than people who are willing to paint all of them. Um, so I don't really don't think it'll ever end. I mean, it would really take an act of Congress <laughs> to end this shit. Um so I mean I, I think it's just going to continue to go on. I mean which is which is fine. I think that's I think that's great. That's like I said that's what me and Cabs always used to say. You know, one day these shits are going to be smashed and kids from all over the place are going to be painting them and blah blah blah. So that just come to fruition. So I think that's that's great. I think it's going to just keep going and keep keep being that more and more. Um and the beauty of it is is that if the internet goes away, if the books go away, if the magazines go away, the trains will still run 
and people will still be able to get up and be recognized and be famous within our little culture or whatever without any of that shit, without any internet or websites or any of that. You put in work, you'll get the fame. It's that simple. And that's that's what this shit was born out of. Amen. Cool. Well, great, man. Um, it's It's been a privilege. Pre- pleasure's all mine, man. And, um, yeah, like I said, I remember training flicks with you in must have been 93 or 94. So it's it's kind of crazy to hook back up with you in, in 2000. Yeah, man. <laughs> it is definitely. We got to um, stay in touch, man. Yeah. Do you have any closing comments? Uh, nope. Just, just um, you know, shout out to my, my, my clan my network, um, FS, uh, Chaos Crew, DOA, all my local my local homeboys, all my extended family, Jail. Got to shout out my man, Jailer. Um, you know, Jero, the OG Network. Um, all my New York homies, Cavs. All the people I mentioned in the interview. I mean, Jesus, I, I could go on for days. All the writers I've met over the last 25 years. Um, but definitely, I want to de- definitely shout out my local, my local homies because they're the ones who will be dragging me out this summer to paint a wall somewhere um, so that I can get my, my spray on again. Um, no, and that's it. And just, and just to all the writers, man, just document, document your shit. Um, remember the internet is, is just the internet. It's, it's not real life. Um, and, you know, keep painting trains. Um, keep doing it. I don't care if you blow the spots up now because I don't write anymore. So, so blow them out the fucking frame, you know? Cool, man. <laughs> but no, that's it. And peace to crime time, of course, for, for the opportunity. This is definitely um, an honor um, and definitely a privilege. I'm always glad to somebody even says, oh, you do an interview. Like, why the fuck would you interview me? Um, so definitely, I definitely appreciate that. Hey, well, thanks, man. It's it's been like I said, it's been a privilege. Good deal, man. Sound well, good? shit, it was good talking to you, man. And again, I appreciate the the opportunity. No, thanks. To run my man. mouth. All right, sounds good, man. Cool. Thanks. I'll talk to you. All right, talk to you soon, bye.